I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. Relegated so, the back again. So we're all back on the same podcast again, all here. This has to be a huge week in comics for us all to be here, right? It's gigantic. I mean, yeah, you've so never many seen a week in comics such as this. I mean, this is going to be a fe- special four-part, four-hour episode of uh, Funny Books with Aaron, Polly, Tim, and Wayne, because there's just so many comics to talk about. Or none. Yeah, there are no comics to talk about. Zero? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the bupkisk. I mean, what we thought about talking about was the Bazooka Joe comic on the uh, bubblegum wrapper. But, yeah, but Aaron's uh, the only one who read that one. <laughs> <laughs> he, sent us, he sent us a picture from his cell phone well, so we could I, talk about what it. What I thought I'd do is see if I could find the torrent for you guys since you, know, you can't get that one on Comixology. But, uh, you know, Tim said, I'm, I'm not reading no digital comics. So, you know. <laughs> You know what's sad? Huh. I bet you there's a freaking torrent of all the Bazooka Joe comic books out there. <laughs> so, Aaron, you sound uh, you sound ill. Yeah, I, uh, I I wasn't here last week because I was up in uh, D.C. enjoying a little Easter vacation and cherry blossoms. By Easter vacation and cherry blossoms, I'm assuming you mean sex, 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 sex. Well, yeah, that's what everybody means by that, right? Yeah, cherry blossoms. But uh, now we were up there in D.C. enjoying the, the, the monuments and memorials and the cherry blossoms and the Smithsonian's and all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, and when I flew back on Monday, um, I was patient zero on uh, my flight out of D.C. and my connecting flight out of Atlanta. So, you know, I, I have started the uh, zombie outbreak, I am certain. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I was – by the time I got off the plane in Dallas, I was running uh, 102 fever and could not imagine how I was going to get home, how I was going to and live I'm, to get home. I, was, <laughs> was, <laughs> I want everyone who listens to this podcast to know that this episode of Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is much like The Ring, and now that you've listened to it, in seven days, you will be a zombie. <laughs> That's exactly how that works. Exactly. exactly. That works. Yeah. Or yeah. in about seven minutes. But, um, Aaron, so, you know, we're on the podcast, and if you choose not to talk about this, I probably should have thought about this before. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you a question sure. about your trip. Uh-huh. You seem to have a, uh, a less than pleasurable experience at the Lincoln Memorial. I did. Um, I, 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 lo- I love the National Mall. I, I, it's one of my favorite places on the planet. And the Lincoln Memorial is, I, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm the only person who feels this way, but I, I, I find the Lincoln Memorial in particular to be a rather sacred space. Um, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, you've got that larger than life Abe Lincoln at the top of the steps. You come into this, this uh, space that, I mean, just seems like church to me. Um, there, there are even signs up that says, you know, please uh, be quiet and respectful. And, when we got up there, there were hundreds of people just laughing and joking and jumping around and posing in front of the, the, the monument. And not like, hey, get my picture with Abe over my shoulder. But it was like, here, let me let me do this funky pose and, 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 and whatnot, which is fine, except there's all this running about. And, and, and just no, there, there, there is no air of respect at all. In fact... You know, on the last group of steps that you go up to to approach the memorial, there are the uh, sloping uh, uh, areas next to the steps. You know, and they're they're I guess they're granite, and it's almost mm-hmm. reminiscent of a slide. In fact, there were people using it as a slide, sliding down the memorial. Huh. And. I was stunned by this, and this. There, yes, there were children doing it, but there were also adults doing it. And I stood there just horrified by this. Um, and I, I can't begin to tell you. I mean, you've been there, Paul. There's yes. There are tons of people there in the mall in the middle of the day, and it, this was Easter Sunday, and there were tons of people there. And I'm just watching adult after adult after adult do this. And <laughs> finally, a park ranger comes over and says, "Hey." It's a memorial. Have some respect. And she stands right at the top of the air where they were, where they were goofing around and you know, to prevent further action. And instead of, you know, these grown-ups being ashamed or embarrassed about how they had been misbehaving, uh, <laughs> they th- there was this, you know, it was almost like they were teenagers going, oh, it's a memorial. 
I wanted to hit them. I mean, I was I, I was I was so disgusted because, you know, Abraham Lincoln held this union together. You know, I, almost by strength of will, he he preserved the unity of this nation. Um, and I mean, it is a deliberately solemn, sacred space, and you've got people treating it like a fucking amusement park. I, I was I, I was I was disgusted by that. You know, you're not supposed to even take pictures. You can take pictures once you're at the top of the stairs, but you're not supposed to take pictures uh, inside the memorial where, like, the Gettysburg Address is and that kind of stuff. And you have people mm-hmm. running up there, to, you know, posing, getting pictures and whatnot. And I just – I was disgusted at, at just the complete absence of anybody uh, demonstrating any respect for the space. I, I, that was – it was – I mean, I, I love the memorial. I love visiting the memorial. Mm-hmm. But I was just horrified by by the absence of uh, of any type of respect. That's a bummer. I mean, that's that's kind of a, a shitty experience. It sounds like. Have you had that kind of experience there? I got to be honest. I haven't been to the Lincoln Memorial in a good ten years. Um, so, and and when my experience was, I went to off season. I didn't necessarily right. go. You you went during spring break time frame right. for right. for schools around here, and so I did not have the the same experience um, that you had. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I'm not surprised. I just, uh, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. yeah it, See, I've never been. I've always wanted to go to Washington D.C., but just never, nothing ever came up for me to go. It's one of my favorite places on earth. Uh, it, there is so much to see and do in D.C. Uh, you know, I've been to D.C. many times, and I mean, I still haven't seen it all. You know, I mean, there's just so much to see and do. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I think that the next time I go, what, what everybody, all my friends who live up in D.C. told me, go at night. And because of everything else we had going on in our trip, we could the only night we would be able to go would have been Sunday night. And we're like, eh, we're going to fly out super early on Monday. That's probably not the best idea. Let's go Sunday during the day. Easter Sunday, not the day to have gone. Um, so I, I attribute a lot of that to, to how crowded it was. And I'm just hoping that it's not like that all the time these days because uh, that would just be horrible. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's not. I, I think it being spring break and on top of that Easter. Yeah. yeah, you know, you had all those people hopped up on Easter egg candy. Yeah, all hopped up on their on their chocolate bunnies. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we or, didn't or go. People, or people are just terrible, Aaron. That could and be I, too. I, 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 I lean towards that. Yeah, I, I I lean towards that as well. I will tell you, we went to the uh, Smithsonian's uh, National Portrait Gallery. Yes, that was bad. I think that may be my favorite Smithsonian museum. Really, I don't believe I've been to that one. Oh my god, it's great! I love it. I and mainly because I'm such a history buff. Um, they have the all the portraits of the American presidents, and I mean, that that's just it was fantastic walking amongst those. And it's one of those museums where they allow you to take pictures. You know, so mm-hmm. many museums don't allow you to do that, and they they don't have a problem with that one little bit. So uh, I'm assuming you haven't listened to last week's podcast due to these Batman versus Superman spoilers. Yeah, I have not because I have not seen Batman versus Superman yet. I uh, I came home sick from uh, DC and uh, I'm just now well enough to go. So I hope to go later today. But let's. So we talked a little bit about you last week, Aaron, as oh, can dear. be expected. Oh dear. And we assumed while you were up in DC, you were putting in your bid for candid for uh, your candidacy for president. Well, I plan on being a spoiler in the Republican uh, National Convention. You know, uh, it doesn't look. It seems unlikely that uh, either Donald Trump or uh, Ted Cruz can unify the party. And I think who better to unify the Republican Party? Than a liberal Democrat, so uh, that is is my plan. As I'm going to unify the Republican Party and be okay. a candidate. I like it. We were talking about your portrait. Speaking of portrait oh dear. gallery, oh dear. Well, we we figured there would be some type of uh, whiskey or excuse me, scotch and or cigar in your presidential portrait. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's holding one right now. Uh huh. Oh, and can can I just say that uh, you know at the National Portrait Gallery they have a you know Frank Underwood. <laughs> Shut they up. Really? They do. And I'll send you a picture, Tim. Uh, it's it, it's a it's one of the one of my favorite portraits there. They, it, it's gigantic and it's very you know regal, uh, imperial president kind of thing. It's fantastic. I'll send it to you, Tim. Excellent. I was not, not not to get too political. But my friend and I were talking about how anybody was going to get anything through Congress. I said, oh, they'll just they'll just do a Frank Underwood. They'll put it in D.C. until people start bitching. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's now it's it's now you know <laughs> a best practice. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I saw in an uh, Underwood 2016 shirt at uh, Target. They sell those God. at Target now. God damn it! <laughs> you know you gotta have one. You gotta have one. <sighs> so since we, we, it kind of feels like we're going all American with this podcast yes. due to our uh, you know this conversation and our upcoming conversations, because what's more all American than Superman and Supergirl? That's true. What is more yeah. all American? Besides us, of course. Right. Well, well I, I am yeah, wearing my red, white, and blue uh, boxers right now. So, and nothing else. Stars and stripes forever. <laughs> He's actually wearing clothes for a change. Well, just the boxers. Right. Ah. And socks. He's wearing socks. He's wearing those uh, ankle high or you know knee high black socks. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think he has a therma patch on somewhere because he's still sick. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys saw the uh, Supergirl Flash uh, crossover this week? Yeah, you know, I I think I've got like eight episodes of Supergirl sitting on my DVR, but I I skipped uh, seven of those so I could go straight to the <laughs> current uh, uh, Supergirl Flash crossover. Uh, Wayne, I know you saw it. Uh, what'd you think? Yeah, it, like you're, I didn't have any back episodes. I'd caught up, so I uh, I made a point to watch it like the night it came out though, because yeah. I've been so looking forward to it, and I have to say the. It did feel a little rushed. Like, I thought it could have done for two episodes instead of one. But I really liked how the two of them just interplay with each other. There is some on-screen chemistry between uh, was it Melissa Benoist and uh, Grant Guster. I yeah, mean, I, I agree. I, I thought that there was there was a, a nice bit of uh, chemistry between the two of them, and, and it was nice that they just went a, went ahead and let them like each other right from the get go. Yeah, I was once again impressed by Cat Grant on that show. Oh, God, stop! Stop <laughs> being she impressed is, by her. She is one of my favorite things <laughs> about the show. Is they have her written to be actually intelligent. Oh, I hate her. <laughs> I, 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 I hate the actress. I just I, I just. I hate to say that, that you shouldn't hate people. You shouldn't hate people. But Tim has taught me that I need to embrace my hate. I need to nurture it. And uh, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah, or it'll never grow. Yeah, I, that's right. It will never grow. I really enjoyed uh, Silver Banshee. She is actually one of my favorite uh, Supergirl villains. See, this is where, where you and I part ways. I was about to say, what is going on here? Yeah, Between I, the, 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 the Callista Flockhart and the Silver Banshee, yeah. I feel like I'm on a different podcast. I... I cannot abide in 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 the comics Silver Banshee. I've never liked the Silver Banshee story. I've never liked that character. See, uh, I never liked her in Superman or as a villain or any of that. But when the New 52 started, they did some really good things with her in the Supergirl title. It's the only version of her I've liked, but I really liked it enough that I was excited to see her on the screen. Well, I, I did not enjoy her on the screen, though I will say... It is a a very cosplay, true to the source material representation of her on the screen. That said, boy, I sure do hate the character design. Yeah. Um, so my overall opinion of the episode, I don't think it was one of the strongest Supergirl episodes because there was none of the – basically they set aside any of the ongoing plot right. to do the crossover. And I thought the crossover had some pacing issues. I loved seeing him there. I loved seeing the interaction. I really enjoyed the episode, but it was kind of a filler episode that didn't push it, you know, didn't uh, move the story along in any way. It wasn't at all like a Flash Green Arrow crossover where, I mean, you know, the story is pushed forward, that they they, they both get involved in each other's storylines, yada, yada. Um, It was very much a, a, it was almost like an out of context kind of story. That said, I think you could have lifted the Livewire Silver Banshee out of that episode and just had Flash and Supergirl kind of comparing the differences between their worlds. Uh, I think that would have – I would have enjoyed that just as much or if not more. Um, I, I Like yourself, I enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed it despite Livewire and Silver Banshee. Um, I, while I like the Livewire character from the Superman animated series – did not care for the interpretation of her in this series. Uh, see, what I really wanted to see more of that we didn't, because we didn't have the time, was Barry in the DEO. Yeah. I mean, because he got there, he's all excited about the technology and he's doing his science thing, but he doesn't have time to actually do any of it because the episode had a lot going on. 
there was uh, some some pretty well written humor in the episode. Uh, there is one joke that stands out to me where you've got uh, you know Supergirl's supporting male cast and Grant oh, Gustin yeah. all standing in a line, and Cat Grant looks at him and goes, "You look like a CW show." Which... Specifically, you look like a. I can't remember how she actually phrased it, but it was more than just a CW show. It was, uh, you look like a non-threatening, racially diverse, diverse CW show. And my wife liked that joke enough. She's like, rewind it. I want to hear that one again. It was pretty funny. I I, I did crack up at that. But, you know, uh, I I thought, I think that the successful thing about that show is how well those two actors work together. Um, and it was amusing, you know, because uh, Supergirl has been, uh, you know, loving Jimmy Olsen from afar for so long, and he's been, you know, not following up on that, not reciprocating. And uh, to see her react so strongly to Flash and to see Jimmy, you know, notice, you know, and how amused the other guy, I forget his name all of a sudden, when- Wayne. Yeah, Wynn, uh, who is the son of the toy man, uh, you know, how amused he is because he loved her from afar, (laughs) you know, and that wasn't reciprocated. So he's kind of getting a kick out of watching Jimmy, you know, squirm. So I I thought the other thing I wish we could have seen more of was Wynn and uh, Flash interacting, because when they were both in the DEO and started talking, it's like the two of them also have a... uh, you know, they share the science thing. Yeah. And he had, like, basically a bromance going with him already. Right. But there was too much going on, so they couldn't focus on those. And I wanted to see more of those character moments because those were the highlight of the episode. Yeah. What I find interesting is that apparently there was room for this story in Supergirl, uh, but no room for it over on uh, The Flash. And I gather it's because the, the it finally got locked in you know, late in the season. Uh, and so there, there probably wasn't any room to accommodate it on the CW side of things versus the CBS side. So uh, all in all, I, I liked the episode. I hope we get to see more of that. And I do like yeah. how he's kind of running down. Do you have an arrow? Do you have a black canary? Do you have a, you know, and so he's kind of running down. And I like, I mean, this works out really well for, for, for the DC properties. They're really being able to establish that there are these alternate universes and they can, you know, that Supergirl can go off and be its own thing. You know, and that, you know, the Batman versus Superman universe can be its own thing. Yeah, and it's I it's just the, those characters were the perfect two to cross over. They don't share the same universe. They share the same multiverse. I like that. And the, the two characters share the same feel out of oh, all yeah, of absolutely. the properties, both movies and TV. Supergirl and Flash are by far the, uh, the two that most, you know, signify hope yeah the two where the uh, the city loves the characters that they're brighter than the other shows and well and there was that really nice moment you know because apparently supergirl had fallen out of favor with the citizens of, of uh national city and there's this moment where the city comes to rescue her and she is in fact saved by firemen right uh and I thought that was a nice scene. I thought that was a nice scene. And, and yeah. Very – there was something 9-11-y about that. Uh, I, I, was, I thought it was good. Yeah, was you good. have a couple of good episodes waiting for you, Aaron. There, there is a Red Kryptonite episode. Yeah, which I, is, I saw that in the flashback. So, uh, and that's what leads to the, the people not trusting her. Well, good deal. Well, I did not – yeah, but you know what? You talked about embracing your hate, and I'm just going to say, because I'm sure that none of you watched it this week, the season finale of Star Wars Rebels. I have not watched it yet. I am a couple episodes behind. I think we have an upcoming episode of Star Wars with uh, Aaron and Polly, uh-huh. uh, because we will definitely need to discuss it, because the season finale of Star Wars Rebels was fantastic. Oh, good. Well, you know, uh, Force Awakens hits uh, Blu-ray on Tuesday. Yes, and Hateful Eight is already out. Came out this week. Woo. It was good. Woo. Woo. But let's talk about the most exciting news this week, or I should say last weekend. We recorded last weekend, and at the end of the show, I said that we would discuss this week DC Rebirth. Um, WonderCon last weekend in uh, Anaheim, California, DC went ahead um, and revealed 
most of the create. I shouldn't say Anaheim in uh, Los Angeles revealed most of the creative teams and uh, some some other information regarding the upcoming DC Rebirth. Um, yeah, there are solicits out now for some and of the titles, and, and the solicits are out now. So I figured we'd kind of tack, tackle the conversation in uh, in in bits, right? So, so the the first thing is that all DC books are are moving back to two ninety nine price point. Thank God. And DC Rebirth, DC Universe Rebirth number one, written by Jeff Johns with art by Gary Frank, Ivan Rice, Ethan Van Skyver, Phil Jimenez, and others, um, is an eighty page launch to the Rebirth um, initiative, and is still only two ninety nine. And you can pre order it now on Comixology. Mm-hmm. I don't know why one would do that when it's digital, but you can do that if you want. <laughs> exactly. I'm I guess spend so. $2.99 now instead of spending $2.99 later. I don't understand the value of this, but uh, somebody does. So DC is, is it's basically saying that you know this is an initiative in the concept of the Flash rebirth and Green Lantern rebirth, and they use this word very distinctly because this isn't a rebooted universe a la the New 52 or Flashpoint. This is um, – kind of a rebirth of, of older concepts and, and, and melding of the new concepts that do work. And the last page is supposed to have a major shock of a character appearing. Hmm. Well, let's talk about the, the, the main thing that I wanted to talk about, which is the Superman books. Well, before we get there. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Dan DiDio, Dan DiDio. Yes. Um, you know, after, at WonderCon, you know, one of the things I, I kept wondering about Rebirth is, is is Rebirth an acknowledgement that the new 52 really didn't work? And, you know, is it is it an, is it instead of a new event or a new, uh, you know, the, the next wave of, uh, of new 52 storytelling, is it a correction to something broken within the new 52? And Dan DiDio actually apologized um, to the crowd at WonderCon. And I'm trying to find the quote here, but he says, uh, uh, though it did some good things, it seemed that feedback from the fans uh, mixed with concern uh, coming from creators caused the the powers that be to rethink everything, yada, yada. Here's the quote. We talked about the new 52. Something was missing. You felt it, and over time, we felt it too. Why? Well, sometimes you lose your way. Uh, the whole purpose uh, of the event is to show you, the fans, our commitment to you. I yeah. I find that interesting. He said yeah. in another interview that uh, one of the things that they were looking to correct with the with this was that in some cases they threw out the baby with the bathwater and this is their chance to bring back the things that they should have never gotten rid of in the first place. Yeah, no, I, and I think that, I think that's important. I just, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a publisher like DC or Marvel apologize for the way in which they've told their stories. Hmm. Yeah. Even though there have been some spectacular goofs over the years, uh, you know, new 52, like it or not, was successful in its first year, right? I mean, in sales. I'm not saying yeah, in, in terms of artistic quality, but in terms of sales, was hugely successful, largely due to Paul buying all those first issues. True. But, <laughs> but I do remember in that first year, when it first came out, we were excited. And we, we liked a lot of the books when they first came out. It was just over time that they started losing us. Right. So it's interesting that, you know, I, I think it would have been easy for them not – to apologize, but to say, no, no, we've been planning this all along. I mean, that's what I, I fully expected that to be the story. And yeah, I, 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 th- this is actually my first time hearing that quote. And uh, that's actually, I don't know, I find that a very optimistic, uh, that brings out an no. optimism in me about this uh, relaunch. Well, and I think, and there's part, that we, we talked about creators, I'm sorry, not creators, retailers uh, at the end of 2015 who are like, we're not getting in on this. You know, fuck DC, fuck its rebirth. We're not doing that. We, we've we've been down this road before. We're not getting into the next big thing with them. Um, I It feels to me like they probably had to say something like that, despite mm-hmm. the fact that maybe they just had, a, had they just wanted to be earnest. But maybe they had to, to say something like that to get the retailers on board. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's very possible. Yeah. 
So anyway, I, I and what I'm noticing and what I'm reading online is that the retailers are the retailers are biting that they're like, okay, this this seems like a good deal, you know. Yeah. Plus the fact that you know if you're if you're reducing the cost of your comics by 25 percent, um, maybe that maybe you're going to have uh, uh, people buying more. And some of these comics are going to release twice a month, and maybe you're going to get more foot traffic in your store. And confirmed, no loss in page count. Because I was expecting yeah. to hear that they were going to go to an 18-page comic. Same here. Yeah. I expected either a quality downgrade or a page count downgrade. Yeah. But it doesn't look like we're going to get either of those things. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. I, I thought that was a, a really interesting component of this initiative. Now, I will tell you, I was hesitant on DC Rebirth to begin with. I mean, I, you know, I, but after these announcements, I'm actually even more excited than I was for New 52. Um, and partially, or mostly, I should say, um, that's because of the return of the one Superman in the universe being our Superman. Right. Pre-New 52 Superman is going to be the Superman of... You know, in in the DC universe going forward, yeah, he's the uh, starting action, with DC Rebirth. He's the action comic Superman. He's, he's all he's the he, Superman in all the comics, and he's the Superman carrying us to Action Comics one thousand. See, and that's what I'm curious about: is he really going to be the only one, or is the New Fifty Two Superman still going to be around? Well, I think he's still going to. They've mentioned like a new Clark Kent, and I'm wondering what that means, but. I get the impression New 52 Superman is going to die in DC in DC Universe Rebirth number one, the one shot. You know, it's sad, sad to say this, but I am okay with that. I just get that impression. I, I could be wrong. I'm but. both. I'm incredibly excited that this is going to be the Superman again, but I'm also kind of curious how they're going to do it because now it gets really convoluted. If your Superman is actually the Superman from the previous universe. It gets kind of complicated for new readers. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think when so let's talk about Superman and let's talk about his creative teams, because I think the creative teams they have, I, I think they they could not have done better because um, the man picking up action comics as far as writing is Dan Jurgens, who's currently writing the uh, uh, Lois and Clark uh, Superman book. Mm -hmm. And we have loved that book, even though the artwork's been a little dodgy on the, on the last issue. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, same here. I mean, Dan Jurgens is a guy that really gets Superman. Mm -hmm. I didn't care for his New 52 run of Superman, which is was sad for me to say. But I felt like that was more the restrictions that were placed on him than his actual writing. Yeah, I mean, we know we know how to write. He knows how to write new pre-New 52 Superman. Right. No one seemed to know how to write New 52 Superman. Well, because you cut the guts out of him. But we, yeah. well, we don't have to argue about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Dan Jorgens is taking over Action Comics. And just as exciting, if not more exciting for me, is Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, the, the creative team behind Batman and Robin that we loved for so long, is taking over the Superman book, the main Superman book. Yeah. Um, I am so, so excited about that. That is just one of my favorite creative teams. And I, I could not have chosen a better creative team. And they banished him to Superman? Sad. <laughs> Poor Tim. Aw. Um, That's okay. I've, I've seen something I already like, so I'm, uh, I'll live. <laughs> There's also a new Superman book uh, featuring, featuring an Asian Superman. Uh, I am not – Gene, Gene Yang, who currently writes the Superman book, um, will be taking over that book. Or I should say starting that book. Uh, Supergirl has a new writer with uh, Steve Orlando. I believe he works on the TV show. And the, I am uh, hoping for good things out of it because I like Supergirl in the comics. I just don't like the new 52 Supergirl. And what we find out in uh, as part of her rebirth is that she is the daughter of Cyborg Superman. But they've already done that. So that's not a shouldn't be a surprise for people that read her book. Well, not all all Wayne of them. Exactly. I think that's the point, yeah. Um, let's talk about one of the most exciting aspects of the Superman Rebirth launch, for me anyway, is the new series, Super Sons. Um, though the creative team has not been announced, this is basically World's Finest, starring Jonathan White, the son of Superman, and Damian Wayne, the son of, son of Batman. Hell yeah. Yeah, pretty excited about that. 
I mean, now that book starts in September, it, not in June with the rest of Rebirth. But I I'll be psyched. regularly picking up a book with Damian Wayne. I mean, that just seems wrong. But I'm going to do it. Well, what's funny is when when uh, when they announced Super Sons, the first thing I did was tweeted Aaron because if you recall. A while back, we talked on Funny Books about what we would do with a Superman relaunch. And Aaron's idea was that Superman and Lois would have a child, and that child would be the new Superboy. And, and we'd have the adventures of uh, you know a, an adult Lois and Clark with their son. And that's exactly what we are getting. Well, I think, I think mine was uh, that, that Lois dies. And oh, that okay. it's, it's uh, Superman raising his son alone. Uh, you know, it's kind of a Superman and son kind of storyline, but you know, I, I'm excited. I mean, that's, you know, obviously that's a story I'm interested in. I I am super psyched about all the Superman uh, books, including Trinity featuring Superman, Wonder Woman and Batman, which starts in August with Francis Manipal um, as the uh, initial creative team on the writing and drawing. I do not know. I know he's at least drawing. I do not know if he's writing. He really needs a writer. I agree. I do agree. Um, a new series, Superwoman, is also coming in August with Phil Jimenez on art. Love Phil Jimenez. And no announcement yet on who or what Superwoman will be. And, uh, you know, I'm not in a Superman book, but moving on to uh, another very interesting and very exciting announcement. Wonder Woman by Greg Rucka and Liam Sharp. Super excited about that. Hot damn, yeah. what a creative team. Yeah. Liam Sharp is one of, I mean, is a fantastic artist. Well, and Greg Ruck has written Wonder Woman before, and I, I really, he was writing her back during the, uh, uh, during the OMAC stuff, you know, prior mm-hmm. to Infinite Crisis. And, uh, Infinite, Identity Crisis, uh, Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis, uh, you're right. Um, but, uh, I, I really like the way, I, I like the way Greg Rucker writes anyway, but I particularly like the way he, he writes, uh, women. Uh, I, I just, I'm super excited about that. Paul, I I seem to recall prior just prior to to the official rebirth announcements coming out, but I didn't find it in the rebirth announcements. I thought Connor Kent was coming back. I think they're holding on to some things. Okay, because um, I not all the rebirth books have been announced yet. I think some creative teams are still under negotiation, things like that. Um, but they announced like their initial slate of titles. Gotcha. Because uh, I, I I did get the impression that Connor Kent would be coming back. And uh, speaking of returns. Nightwing is coming back, written by Tim Seeley. Pretty excited about this as well. Back and in the black and blue. And the the uh, kind of the subtitle to the book is better than Batman. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, you got me. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely interested, and I'm definitely interested in the new Detective Comics book. Um, the 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 concept behind the new Detective Comics, written by James Tynion the Fourth, who I I do enjoy his writing quite a bit. He Same is. Here. Um, you know, he, he very much came from the school of Scott Snyder. The concept of the book is that there is a it's a team book now. Um, and so the team is uh, co-led by Batman and Batwoman and features Tim Drake, Robin, Cassandra Cain, Spoiler, and for some reason, Clayface. See, is I like the, I'm kind of torn on this one, Paul, for okay. a couple of reasons. I like the lineup. I don't see any reason why Batwoman deserves to be a leading a team. I don't think she has because the... Because a woman can't do it as well as a man. Is that what it is? <laughs> okay. No, it's just her in particular. She hasn't. She doesn't have the full level of training. She's not as good as some of the other Bat characters. I don't see any reason why she should be a leader. I disagree. Like, I, she, she has... She has uh... Uh, military training. She was in the military. She, she, uh, I, I, I disagree. I, I, I think that she, I have disliked how apart from the bat family she has been. And so I'm excited that, that she's getting a little bit more included. See, I haven't read as many books as she's been in. I've only seen her in when she crosses over with the others and they always seem to make her out to be not as good as the other characters. So I was th- I was originally thinking that Barbara Gordon would have been a better, you know, co-leader of the team than her. I think they're going to continue leaving Barbara Gordon kind of as her own thing. Yeah, I but agree. I like I do like kind of the lineup they have of the group. I was hoping it would be for detective. I would have rather seen detective be more of a focus on detective style stories, and this be another book with another name, but. Well, and one of the things that I like that was described about this Detective Comics book is that uh, Batman and Batwoman will be kind of running a bat boot camp. 
for folks who are going to kind of work on this team. And I'm like, okay, I kind of like that too. Yeah, some of the characters I don't think need a boot camp, but I love the idea of seeing Tim Drake and Spoiler on the same team. Well, and, and I, I think one of the things that I find amusing is I'm, I, I kind of had this this impression of a danger room for the Bat family, and how terrifying would a Batman-run danger room be? I mean, that'll mess you up. That'll yeah. create your new supervillain. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I see your point, Wayne, but um, I, I, I'm excited about it. I'm going to check it out. Uh, a book that I'm less interested in, and it could be because I'm not reading the Vision book that you guys are reading, uh, written by the same writer, Tom King, uh, art by David Finch. Uh, they are taking over Batman. And, uh, you know, I just I'm not I'm not as familiar with Tom King. David Finch, his art is hit or miss with me. Mm hmm. So I'm not as excited. I mean, of course, I'm going to give it a shot, but I'm more excited about the Detective Comics creative team. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that there's enough going on in the Bat books that I'll probably give all of them a shot. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm with you, Paul. I'm more excited about the Detective Comics bit than I am about the Batman bit. So I think the other Batman-related book that I'm excited about is Nightwing. I, Nightwing is one of my favorite DC characters. I am so happy that he is getting back in the... Uh, in the role of Nightwing. I agree. I, I think that's going to be a really good book. And I like Tim Seeley as a writer. Yeah. No, um, that's a, good. A book that I'm excited about that you guys probably won't be is All-Star Batman um, by Scott Snyder and John Romita Jr., which yeah. is apparently going to be a very villain-focused book. Can I okay, – I want to pause <laughs> for just a moment before we dive into this one. Uh, I find it interesting that John Romita Jr. made such a big deal about the Superman books, you know, less than a year ago, mm -hmm. uh, you know, talking about how, you know, his very strong opinions about Superman and, and you know, he was in Superman, you know, going to be in Superman for a while. And now all of a sudden he's not anything related to Superman and he's over there off on the Batman thing. I mean, I, I, it, this seems like one of those areas where DC's like, okay, that's not working. Uh, yeah. And just shutting that shit down. And I agree. I, Romita did not work on the Superman book. No, and I don't know if that was – I don't know whose fault that was. I don't know if that was Romita or if that was Jeff Johns maybe not writing to Romita's strengths. I don't know. And that's my thing is I just don't think his style really works as well for Superman. I think his style can work better for Batman. I agree. It's he he does, and particularly like when you look at his old Daredevil work, mm -hmm. he did beautiful work on the Daredevil book. Exactly. Yeah. Can't we find another home for John Romita Jr. than Batman? <laughs> like an old folks' home? Like, <laughs> doesn't Red Hood need like an artist or something? <laughs> maybe, maybe Cyborg. Cyborg, there, ah, there perfect, Wayne. Or I suicide think you draw spells. the hell out of Cyborg on a book I won't read. There you go. Well, speaking of books that I'm really not that interested in, but I may pick up the first issue, is the new Suicide Squad featuring art by Jim Lee. Um, I'll pick it up for the Jim Lee art, but I'm, I've never been a huge Suicide Squad fan. So did uh, they tell you the team ball or no? Uh, I, I see Deadshot, I see Killer Croc, I see Katana, and I see Harley Quinn. That's all I see on yep. the cover. They've said that they're making the team... I think there's one person that's different, but other than that, they're matching the movie. Yeah, I think we're going to see some things that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I think that's smart because you know you want people to to walk out of the movie go, well, maybe I want that book. Mm -hmm. Which I got to say, most comics have not really been good about that lately. No. Yeah. Um, Titan, the the creative team behind Titans Hunt, I think uh, Dan App, or at least the writer Dan Abnett, will be taking over Titans, uh, starting in. Uh, DC Rebirth. I think Brett Booth is on art. It looks like it has Nightwing leading the team uh, again. And so it looks kind of – it's not Teen Titans. It's a Titans. So it's more like the Outsiders book, the the, the, the old – a little bit older um, pre-sidekicks. But there will also be a Teen Titans book featuring Damian Wayne. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about just Titans because – the idea that it's coming back is all exciting to me, but it's by the same creative team as Titans Hunt. Yeah. Which kind of takes away from that excitement. Yeah. Because not a good series. Yeah. I've, I've, I only read the first issue and I did not care for it. I read the first three and decided that that was punishment enough. <laughs> uh, some other excitement, uh, kind of, some other announcements, uh, exciting or not, but I find this one kind of interesting, is that Keith Giffen and Scott Collins will be taking over Blue Beetle. 
featuring yeah. two different Blue Beetles in the book. And, and and who's the first one, Paul? It's uh, Ted Kord. Woo! Pretty exciting. That is that. exciting. Yeah. yeah. Pretty that exciting. is very exciting. Yeah. And I, don't get me wrong. I like Jaime Reyes. Oh, I do too. I do too, but I also like me some Ted Kord. And they're, 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 their characters are different enough that I think the universe can support both of them. I agree. And speaking of dead characters returning, Terry McGinnis is going to show back up in uh, Batman Beyond. Which I got to be honest, Batman Beyond hasn't worked since he, yeah, you know, since they got rid of him. Yeah. So well, that you know, that whole what, future's end uh, storyline was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, th- there, there are a couple of other announcements, ones that I'm a little ex- less excited about, but I might still check out the first issues. There's a new creative team on Flash, Josh Williamson. Um, I'm, actually the, interested in, on that. I'm actually interested in that Flash uh, rebirth because they're bringing in other speedsters, you know, in that in that storyline. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to check that out. I'm just hoping that one of the other speedsters they bring in is – uh, pre-Flashpoint Wally West. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Wally so. Back. I think we're still getting... Po- I think we're getting pre-New 50... I think we're getting New 52 Wally West. I don't know that we're going to get old-school Wally West. See, I'll be honest, I didn't like Wally West's kids when no, they I gave didn't... them superpowers and costumes. Yeah, nor did I. But I, I love Wally and uh, his wife. I mean, they were great together. Yeah, I... you could you could bring Impulse back and then put him on that, on that you know, uh, the... The Damian Wayne son of Superman book. Yeah, I like cool that. Yeah, That'd some, be awesome. I liked me some Bart Allen. Yep. Yep. So, a Green Arrow is is coming back with his goatee, um, feet, written by Benjamin Percy, who I'm not familiar with, but I've always, but you know, every Green Lantern or Green Arrow relaunch, I give a shot. So, I'll give <laughs> it a shot. And they're uh, they're bringing back uh, Black Canary. I was amused at well. what Jeff Johns said about it was that every great Green Arrow story, Green Arrow has a goatee. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so for one thing you're saying is that there's not been a great Green Arrow story since the New 52 launched, and I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it amuses me that it's the uh, facial hair that makes the story. It is. I mean, don't you, don't you agree? I would agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's beard magic. Yeah, uh, Dan Abnett will be writing Aquaman uh, in DC Rebirth, and I will be picking that up as well. I read that the the idea on the Aquaman Rebirth is that there uh, Aquaman's going to try to bring Atlantis into society. Mm. I oh. thought he was trying to bring sexy back. Well, you know, I, I think he'd have better luck at that. Uh. Yeah, than uh, you know, bring well, Atlantis into pre. Society. Pre-Flashpoint, Lois Lane is coming back, so they've already brought Sexy back. <laughs> um, let's see. Sam Humphreys will be taking over uh, Green Green Lanterns. And uh, so, I mean, and uh, Robert Venditti will be writing Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Now, you know, which one's, one's going to have the Simon Boz book and the new Latina uh, Green Lantern? Is that Green that Lanterns? Is, that is Green Lanterns. Okay. I might uh, give that one a shot because I kind of like Simon Boz. Same here. I've been wondering what happened with him because we haven't seen that character. Have we even seen the character in the New Fifty Two? I don't know that I've seen him since the um, the that Trinity. initial first storyline. Yeah. I mean, I'm so yeah. not the guy to ask because I, I dumped uh, the Green Lantern books early on. But fair point. None of us are reading Green Lantern. He may be somewhere in any of those books, but yeah. I I would not know. But I, you know, I'm interested about the new Green Lantern character, and I'm interested in Simon Boz. So I, I give that a shot. So I have to say, overall, I am quite excited about DC Reaper. I think I'm buying not all, but most of these books. Yeah, I'm going to give a lot of first issues a try. Yeah, um, I think there there are some great creative teams, and you know but, they they're not Paul, all superstar creative teams, but there is some real talent in here. You can at least join us, Paul, in never buying a cyborg book, right? Oh yeah, fair point. That's that, that's not going to happen. I uh, I hate that it's June. You know why is I that? Mean, well, because it's just so long, so far away. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's it's just so far away. I, I want these books now. I agree because we do have a couple more months of. Uh... Well, and, and let's talk about this. There was not a single DC book to buy this week. Now, no. granted, and there was only one Marvel book, and it was a Star Wars book, so I don't really count it. Well, and uh, to, I want to be fair, it was a five Wednesday month. 
right? And okay. we usually get screwed on five Wednesday months. But there hasn't been books to buy for the last couple of weeks. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, because, Paul, you mentioned uh, Marvel. There was a major Marvel book that came out this week. What was it? The Captain America Sam Wilson one. Yeah. Because it was the return of fully powered, fully young Steve Rogers Captain America. Double whoop. Ah. <laughs> but because I, I, I did buy that book, expecting that to be the main storyline, and that was actually a backup story. Ah, okay. I'd say all I cared about was the backup story. I don't care about Bucky and Sam Wilson fighting together. I just wanted to see how Cap becomes young again. And that was a small backstory of the book. Well, so let's talk a little. I mean, yes, this week was uh, was pretty lousy in comics. Yeah. Uh, next week, there are some interesting books coming out, uh, including Superman 51, which is the start of the Super League storyline. And uh, for, you know, so the, the Vandal Savage storyline is done. Now, Paul, did and you pick so, up that uh, that book that, that Wayne and I enjoyed so much? Superman 50, I have picked it up. I have not read it. Now, Wayne, I, I you loved it, right? Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I that, that was just, you've got to read it, Paul. It's fantastic. Oh, I plan to. I definitely plan to. Um, but I'm actually going to pick up this uh, Superman number 51 as well. Uh, Super League is uh, a new eight-part storyline. It's it continues over the next two months, and it's written by Pete Tomasi. So I, I, um, I yeah, I think and it, with art by Mikel Janine. Uh, so I think we're going to get a little bit of let's you know a, a, a preview of the creative team of the DC Rebirth uh, Superman title. So I'm going to give it a shot. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in that. No, I will too. I'll, I'll be in on that. Plus, I'm kind of curious to see how things wind up in uh, for New Fifty Two Superman's last storylines. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, we also get the Justice League Dark Side War special. I'm not entirely sure what that is. You know, we, when we talked about the last issue of uh, of uh, Justice League, you know, we, we noticed at the end instead of saying it was continuing in Justice League number 49 or 50 or whatever issue, uh, it actually said continued in Justice League Dark Side War special. So I don't know if this is an essential part of the storyline or uh, you know another side story. Uh, looking at the solicitation, it says um, the massive Dark Side War epic continues to set the stages for the future of the DC universe as we reveal the secrets behind its newest major player, Dark Side's daughter Grail. So it kind of sounds like a Grail um, origin story, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I've been enjoying Dark Side War, so I do plan to pick that up. I'm not sure that I will. Well, Jeff Johns is writing it, and I'll let you know how it is. Well, if Jeff Johns is writing it, I might. I I just. I'm just ready for the damn thing to be to be done. I am too, and I think you know we have the next two months, and then you know. But I do think it is setting up for for things that we'll see realized in DC Rebirth. Uh, from Marvel Comics, we have the new Black Panther book. Black Panther number one is coming out. I am going to pick that up. I am too. It's gotten a lot of. Uh, Wait a minute. How a lot much of press. is it? Uh, it's sixteen ninety nine. No, yeah. I don't. I'm, you know, what? Uh, fair point. I, I actually do not know. Um, I would not be surprised to find out that it's a, a four ninety nine book. Yeah. I may have it's, to wait and see what else is coming out. It is a four ninety nine book. Yeah, but damn, it's got Brian Stelfreeze's art. I know, right? I don't know. I, I, I will likely pick it up. I've enjoyed the last couple of uh, Black Panther series, so uh, he's a character I really like. So let's talk about a title that I did not pick up the first issue of, but I kind of feel like maybe I should, because the second issue comes out next week, which is Black Widow number two. I have never been a huge Black Widow fan, but the current creative team is Mark Wade and Chris Somney. I might have to give Black Widow number one a shot. I don't think I realized that, because I, I went right past it when I saw issue one out, so I might have to do the same. Yeah, Gosh. I didn't realize that either. I mean, that's, I'm suddenly interested. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I, I, you know, that is one of my favorite creative teams. Oh yeah, I mean, wow, yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll jump into issues one and two with you. Okay. Also exciting next week from Marvel, or I should say, their uh, Epic imprint. I think it's Epic. Is uh, Empress number one from Mark Miller and Stuart Amonin? It is so weird. Uh, you know, I, I'm reading the the Miller Space books over at Image. 
and he's advertised the Empress book pretty hard. It's weird to see it being advertised in Image for a Marvel imprint. I did not realize it was a Marvel imprint. I uh, I thought that it was going to be an Image book, but yeah, it certainly is coming in under the uh, Marvel banner. Yeah, I, I, I guess I just didn't, you know, I, I didn't realize he was still publishing stuff through Marvel. But he might, because maybe Stuart Amonin has a, an exclusive deal with Marvel and this I, is the only way he can do it. I don't I know. I think that's the reason. I think he specifically wanted to work with Amonin on this one, and that was the only way it could happen. And hot damn. I mean, Stuart Amonin is the reason I'm buying this book. Right. Because I will follow that guy on any book. Did you see that, that uh, Miller is working on a Chrononaut sequel? Really? Yeah, he's going to do. I'm not a, surprised. He's going to do a volume two of Chrononauts, which interesting has me super excited because Chrononauts was fantastic. Yeah, I, I I I would pick it up as well. And it's been optioned, by the way. I think all Miller stuff gets optioned. I think so too, but I, I, that's one I think is a no brainer. I, I think that one it would would just do so well as a film. Um, also coming out from Marvel is a Star Wars Poe Dameron number one. Not interested. Really. Yeah. Even though it's written by uh, Charles Sewell, you know what? I don't. They sh- when they show me more in the film about that guy, I'll be interested in a comic book about him. But uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just I don't need that one. I'm going to give it a shot with uh, art uh, written by Charles Sewell, art by Phil Noto. I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Um, also from Marvel Comics, I mentioned previously Vision. Uh, Aaron and Wayne are really liking that book, written by Tom King. And issue number six comes out next week. Pretty exciting. So a much better week next week than this than this week, um, obviously because it's the first week of a month, and so we have some new titles coming out. Um, but some, some different things and some new books, definitely worth trying. And uh, one other thing that I do want to mention is Providence number eight comes out, Aaron. And so let's see how fucked up that one is. Shit. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm, yeah. I'm warning you now so you have four days to prepare yourself. That's before right. You're... Brace myself. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Well, anything else, guys? No, there's nothing else. I have a comic book convention to get to. Oh, yeah. Wayne's, got, Wayne's going to Wizard World. Wayne's world. Yeah, we spare no expense here. The wizarding world of Wayne. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. Expecto alarmus. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. 